Welcome everybody to a Sharpen That Axe Minnesota. That's what I'm calling it now. It's been decided. It's Min- a mini Minnesota, like Minnesota? Miniature episode. Let's start again. No, it's not. Welcome. So this is uh, basically, we've, we've started, this is our second one of these, I believe, essentially where we essentially take a bite-sized idea or chunk of stuff to work on and we, we basically flesh it out just to discuss what's been going on in the world of you know guitar stuff and how can we like improve you know our tone or guitars we like so yeah that's basically what we're opening it up to today and uh, also we don't have time that's basically the main thing we yeah. want to put out stuff. <laughs> we need more content and this Who is where we get content here? out yeah exactly so yeah so we've got a couple of things to talk about today the first one uh john brought to my attention today my name is Dylan murphy by the way if this is your first episode please don't start with this one go back to uh we have loads of lovely interviews stop and- what you're doing right now just yes. pause it and come back to it pull over the car to an interview or something so get a better sense yeah. of what we're about we have possibly dozens of episodes i don't know <laughs> haven't checked uh so There's the first like thing 70 i don't know Oh, okay, that's good. Um, sweet. Well, if if what well, episode one hundred just like passes us by, you're gonna ha- we're gonna have to do something for it. So, uh, John, rock is dead, or is it? According to Pete Townshend, 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 Townshend. No. <laughs> so Pete Townshend, of course, guitarist from the Who. Uh, big news. You know, the quote was, "Rock, uh, rock bass guitar is dead." There's no more. And that's kind of the headline for this thing. Of course, this is only like the hundredth time we've heard about it in, oh, I don't know, the last six months. So there's always someone coming out. Normally, it's some fan of dad rock who is just trash posting on Facebook about, yeah, (laughs) oh, there's no good guitar players. And I've certainly complained about that plenty on this podcast. And I'm sick and tired of old dudes complaining about it. However... And I kind of jumped on on the bandwagon of like, oh, I'm tired of tired of this kind of nonsense from people who are, you know, they're just kind of barely making it on the last legs of their career. Or it's old guys who just refuse to listen to anything else. I was wrong. Mm. So the headline is a little misleading. Um, and I'm looking at the article here. This is off of Ultimate Classic Rock. So... <laughs> Of, of course, where else is it going to be? Two adjectives uh, right there, okay. Yeah, but uh, the original interview can be found in the Dallas News. This is, it's actually a good, uh, he has a lot of good things to say. So mm. he did say the guitar may be losing ground, but in part that's because if you spend an hour on YouTube or Instagram, you will quickly discover unknown people playing the guitar in a way a great orchestral violinist like, <clears throat> Excuse me, like a Yehudi Menduhin. Ah, Menuhin. Oh my gosh, I just uh, yeah. All of my all of my classical friends are just going to hate me for not being able to pronounce that correctly. Once might have played his instrument. So the point is, what he goes on to say is essentially like um, these guitarists can shred like Eddie Van Halen or play jazz like John McLaughlin. They've literally exhausted the possibilities of the guitar. This kind of virtuosity is already happening with beatbox-based rap and with laptop-supported pop. Everything will change again, maybe faster than it did for guitar music. Who knows? Uh, He continued and said, uh, guitar-based rock and roll, it's not that it's losing ground, uh, not rock itself. Hip-hop is rock to my ears. Music for the neighborhood, the street, disenfranchised, and the downtrodden. Uh, that used to be what 
I focused on. And now I try to write real operas. I want my stage work to be like art installations and why not? Kanye West is doing the same thing. Yeah, I'll debate that a little bit, but um, he goes on to say, I'm not complaining. I had my day. Uh, and we just wanted to connect. He described himself though as addicted to music on social media. I think I am connected today to about 20 or 30 young musicians and artists who I would not have found without Instagram, YouTube, and Bandcamp. This is living in the moment for me. Um, we will sort this out. Uh, we should not panic. There are always good and bad sides to new tech. Okay, so okay. I'm, I'm gonna kind of give, give my rundown on what he's saying here. So in my mind, he's kind of coming out, coming across and saying, there's loads of good guitar players. And there's so many of them that he is admitting he would not have found if it weren't for Instagram, YouTube, Bandcamp. Um, awesome. We've said the same thing here. So I have to give some credit to him. He's not saying like the guitar is dead. What he is, he, I feel like he is relating the guitar to uh, classical violin and just saying, well, there's nothing left to be done with the instrument. Yeah. I'm not sure I agree with that. Okay. I, I'm not sure I would agree that there's nothing left to be done with a violin either. There's, there, I think there's a lot you can do, but that's, that's sort of my initial two cents. I think it's uh, some of the headlines are a little more sensational than they need to yeah. be. Let's click back to an extent. Yeah, exactly. Well, it worked on me. So there you go. <laughs> but um, it, it, I feel like he's, he's actually coming more across and saying that, uh, the guitar-based rock is kind of on its way out. It's sort of the same thing that um, Rick Beato has said. And, but at the same time, I, there's, there's more access to the instrument. There's more access to music now than there ever has been. And he admits that. And I yeah. think Rick Beato would as well. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of my initial take on it. What are your thoughts? Interesting. First of all, I kind of have to tip my hat to Pete for, I don't know, for, first of all, so the thing about the who, right, you kind of have to dissect who's saying this, right, and the, the who, the way he's talking about, what he's talking about hip-hop being what it is today in terms of inspiring people, like the who did that because they were really groundbreaking, they blew up all their stuff on stage, they smashed guitars, they were like the pioneers of that, they were a really, really dangerous band back in the day, two of the, two of the members died from overdosing so or right. like alcohol abuse so that's that's got to play a factor in the whole message that he's saying in terms of like the instrument being exhausted that's a really really big statement to make i wouldn't agree with it i think it's i, I it's, it's interesting because there's so many ways you can approach what he's saying i think when you break it down into genres of music there is, there is always going to be like a cult following for certain genres of music where the guitar itself as an instrument is going to continue to have appeal. Um, country music, metal, um, even jazz guitar, like, you know, people like Osnoy and people like that still really attracts like, you know, uh, big crowds. So I think the idea that we have of classic rock or bands like that, yeah, that as a genre with you know is as you know it, it's dying out but it's in terms of like the guitar itself as an instrument i don't think it's exhausted at all i think that our idea of what classic rock might be in terms of like devil horns and <laughs> um, jack daniels has has gone the way of you know so many of the guitarists that have died 
but I feel that the guitar as an instrument is still extremely popular and you see it. I mean, you're, you're never, as I've, as many music teachers have told me, you're never going to be, you know, seen stuck for students who want to learn the guitar. Like it's, there's always going to be people who want to learn it. And yeah, I, I think that it's interesting. I, I, I applaud him staying up to date with what's popular and for using social media to find new music, but you know, He's an old guy. I think he, he and, and Pete Townsend is a, a, like, you know, a notorious sort of, he loves attention. He, he really does. So I, I you know, I, 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 I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you, John. I think, you know, I appreciate you bringing it up because it really is an interesting topic. You've got a lot of uh, elements to pick apart from even just the single, singular statement. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I like your background there on on the who and i think kind of more what he's getting at is the idea of rock being a revolutionary vehicle uh, and he's kind of saying the same thing about hip-hop so rock has kind of passed that torch and we've heard a lot about this and and maybe at one time i feel like that might have been the case but in some ways i feel like music is so prolific now that yeah. is there is there really a dangerous style of music or should there be even i to be honest i i don't know i i don't even know if if music should necessarily always be revolutionary always be something that's in somebody's face for one reason or another but i think as an expression of uh of who the artist is i i think that's that's a that's fine if some of that is revolutionary fine and if some of it isn't fine you know um I, I think there's there's plenty of rock music out there that still has something to say and to speak to people in one way or another. So I, I wouldn't say that means it's dead. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, no, good, good, good point. Shall I move on to our second and last section? Yeah, oh. I, I think so. I think so. I don't really have anything else to say. So. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> um, sweet. So, John, you talked. You 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 mentioned earlier that we should maybe discuss lesser known brands of guitar. So, rather than kind of drag it out with you know two or three brands each, uh, I said, why not pick one each? So, do you want to go first? Sure. So, my pick is Legator Guitars. So, L E G A T O R. So, if you haven't heard about them. What's kind of cool about these guys is they're relatively new on the scene and they have a handful of artists. Uh, one of them that I've been listening to recently is the brains behind uh, Buried. That is B-E-R-R-I-E-D. Okay. Buried, as in like strawberries, alive. Uh, okay. Um, his name is Charles Caswell. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, anyway... There's, there's also a few other, few other guys, you know, people, uh, a lot of them are kind of metal. There's a few, um, what do you call them? Sort of more jazz oriented guitarists, but the, one of the cool things I find about this, uh, brand is they have a wide range of kind of mid range guitars. So anywhere from that four to 500 range, and then they go on up to that 3000, you know? And all your variations that you could possibly want, everything from kind of a, a telly style to your headless eight string gent machine. And I, I think the price point too, so you can get a, a pretty good guitar for right around a thousand dollars. Some great, great paint jobs, good woods, great manufacturing. 
And they're just, I, I think that they're, they're a solid brand that's really been able to establish themselves. And we've talked about this a lot before that smaller brands like this are, are kind of gaining more market share because for a thousand bucks, I can get a guitar that looks sweet, plays sweet, yeah. and has a lot of capability to it instead of like, or I can get an entry level USA Telecaster, you know, it's, yeah. I, I feel like you get more bang for your buck when you start looking at some of these other brands. And I really like what Legata is doing and uh, kudos to them. And they can feel free to send us a free guitar that we can <laughs> demo on the podcast. Um, uh, we'll, we'll even work out some sort of, you know, sponsorship deal if they're willing. So but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're always willing. We, we're always, always, always willing. Yeah, that should so, be like the logo of the, or the motto of the podcast. Just yeah. Always willing. These are funky looking guitars. I, I, it looks like something that Philip Joyce, I think, would really uh, enjoy the whole headless. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think, though, if, if you take a look at, um, so the, you've got the headless ones. The Ninja series kind of have a look like an ESP or a, yeah, that's a, an Ibanez type guitar. They are kind of your super strat shred machine type mm. things. Um, but again, you know, they're, they play fantastic. They sound fantastic. Um, you do have a lot of options there. And like I said, I mean, if, if you want to spend $3,000, you can spend $3,000. Or you can get a really good guitar for under 500 bucks. So and I, yeah. I definitely say check them out. They're, they're worth your while. I like what they do. And I like the fact that they stand behind their stuff. They're built in uh, uh, Sun Valley, California, you know. Okay, so cool. Well, there's some really good price points here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, very interesting. I think in terms of like, it's, it's a head turner of a guitar. It really is. Um, just in terms of like, you'd want to be like a good metal player or, you know, be really into that to, uh, boast one of these yeah uh, i think k mac the uh the youtube yeah. plays one of these I love I, he, him. Plays, he plays the bright green one if i'm not mistaken i think he plays a, or i think he does um did, did, he, or, did he tell you why he plays bright green guitars or did, yes. sorry, did you, yeah have you seen that the green screen the green because it can be any color uh, <laughs> yeah. snapping his fingers um, yeah. Sweet. So I have chosen something a bit different rather than a, you know, a lesser known guitar. I'd say it's more of like an, an overlooked guitar because it's been mm. around for quite a while. So yeah. John, if I was to say the brand Fernandez, are there any images that or, or players that spring to mind? Uh, typically I think of their sustainer and the edge. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. So the sustainer, would you, what do you know about the sustainer? I've been doing my research. Um, so gosh, it's been ages, but from what I remember, it's basically, uh, a, a, it kind of creates a feedback loop essentially, and just kind of yeah. helps sustain the note. So the, if I recall that they, they had a model initially where the sustainer was built in. Yes. And then the edge had that guitar and eventually they released the sustainer as something that you could get separately. And yes yeah so okay. that is what the edge has started doing he has bought the sustainer separately and i think he's added it to one of his american strats um for like with or without you or, or some of the, the the bigger 
bigger YouTube numbers. But yeah, yeah. this is a really interesting, it's funny because I was going through a few blogs and a few forums and a lot of people were saying that Yamaha is, you know, a really overlooked guitar brand, you know, because everything they do, it's solid. Yeah, Steve especially Gatt. their acoustic stuff, man. Always yeah, I mean, recommend their acoustic guitars. Very much so. For a guitar yeah. under two, 300 bucks, that's it. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And even in terms of other instruments, like you've got um, Billy Sheehan from, you know, from the eighties and beyond. From, <laughs> um, and from, the early nineties, let's be. And the early nineties plays Yamaha basses. Steve Gadd plays Yamaha drums. You know, it, it, it is a, it is a good instrument brand, but for guitars, you don't find a lot of people apart from maybe Santana um, back in the day. Right. Yeah. Not, not anymore. Um, he, like myself is a, a slave to PRS. But I, I, so I've done some research. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it turns out that there's a lot of players that have, you know, back in the day have used Fernandez and kind of moved on because they are a bit of a budget model. I remember the first Fernandez I saw was like on a, it was like a cover spread of the band Velvet Revolver. Oh my gosh. And their other wow. guitar player, Dave Kirshner, used like this really cool sort of Les Paul, but it had a bit more of an edge in the body and that's their their one of their most popular models it's called a Ravel and um, but it turns out like the iconic green Stratocaster that Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day uses is a Fernandez um, oh, really? the guitar, yeah the guitar that Kirk Hammett used on the Ride the Lightning album and tour was a Fernandez uh, Kirk Cobain used a Fernandez and the thing is like they're still going they're still a brand you know they, they still make guitars they're based out of Japan much like Yamaha Yamaha, there is a lot of Yamaha comparison there. Uh, but the thing is, what I'm what you know strikes me about them is that if you want a Les Paul, if you want like a Jackson shape, if you want a Strat or a Tele, they do it all and all for really cheap. Um, which is, you know, we know that Japanese guitars are consistently good quality. Um, just in terms of like, well, a lot of the time they are. So if you go on reverb and you're like, I want a decent telly or a decent, you know, Les Paul or like a Jackson dinky style guitar. These ones seem to have a really high rating and a really good price point as well. Um, a lot of, you know, it was massive company in Japan. A lot of heavy metal guitarists coming out of Japan used it. And yeah, no, I thought it was just like a really interesting just to kind of throw myself into a brand that I didn't know a lot about and, and learn about it. Because, you know, we, apart from the big three or four or five guitar brands, we, we don't, really pay attention to a lot i mean you and i like to do our job in shining a light on more independent guitar brands and yeah i think it's it's important to keep you know an open open mind when it comes to selecting your guitar these days yeah definitely i mean i guess it's uh because i'm i'm on reverb now looking at it and there's a lot of these they're great looking guitars like uh the that you can get one of these tellies for five hundred dollars like they're fantastic or um kind of a jaguar model there's all kind and like gorgeous les paul with this quilted maple top yeah 789 you know so and you're right they do the flying v thing they do the telecaster model they do of course uh they, they might get in trouble for the flying v now oh, you know? oh well, that's our next episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's, uh, uh, it's not one that came to my mind. I'll put it that way, but I definitely, I definitely like, I, I like the pick. I think, I think you're right on the money there. And if you're looking for a budget model that still plays well, 
that looks good, that sounds good. I think they put a lot of effort into the way things sound. Like they have a good sound to them. So I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah. Good so glad stuff. you agree. Um, friends, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us a review on iTunes or even just like a, a one or two line review, it really helps us out a lot or whatever your podcasting platform is. Um, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, we've got some really nice interviews coming up. We're having Jens Larson back on the show, a recurring guest and uh, a friend of the show um, who is going to tell us everything we got wrong about jazz in our recent, recent jazz episode and to plug his new book, which looks unreal. So, uh, John, anything you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. Buy more guitars. That's, Buy more guitars. Yeah. If my girlfriend knew that I was looking up guitars on Reverb right now, she'd fucking kill me. But she's out of the house. Uh, John, friends, everybody listening, stay sharp. <laughs>